Hello and welcome to Couch Church, a podcast from Ballina and Lennox Head Anglicans. I'm Reverend Mandy Larkin. Today I'm sharing with you from Mark chapter 1 verses 29 to 39, where it reads, As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, He got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighbouring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. I want us just to take a moment to imagine the scene from our gospel reading. Synagogue has finished for the day and those in attendance were likely keen to return home, keen to eat and very likely keen to discuss everything that they'd heard and witnessed there that morning. You might remember our reading from last week. It comes from Mark chapter 1 beginning at verse 21 where we find Jesus teaching with such authority in the synagogue. He interprets the scriptures in a way that they've never heard before, with such authority and power. And he not only teaches with authority and power, but he also demonstrates it, commanding an unclean spirit to be silent and come out of a man who was among them. And the unclean spirit obeyed him. Now, these were all very juicy things to gossip and speculate about as they shared their pre-prepared Sabbath meal with their families. I'd just love to be a fly on the wall to hear the conversation around the table of the man who'd been healed of the unclean spirit. And to be sure, the conversation would be just as juicy at Andrew and Simon's house. But as soon as Jesus walks in the door, he's pounced upon. My mother-in-law is sick, Simon told him. And I can imagine the disciples standing there just looking at Jesus expectantly. What are you going to do about it? And Jesus just simply takes her hand. Not a word, just a touch. She's restored to health. And she's not only restored to physical health, but to her role as the matriarch and hostess in her own home. She's now free to tend to her guests instead of being excluded from the gathering and the conversation. And the fact it was Sabbath did not stop the news of Jesus' presence in the town from spreading like wildfire. They had no need for social media or telephones. And as soon as the sun had set, Sabbath's over. And with the setting of the sun, all the work and travel restrictions of Sabbath were lifted. Everyone's now free to leave their home. And the first thing they do is pour into the streets and gather at Simon and Andrew's place. By this time, news of Jesus had definitely gone viral. How desperate the people were. 
Mark tells us the whole city gathered around the door, huge numbers of people seeking healing for themselves and their loved ones. Of course, in ancient times, sickness could very well equal death. There were no hospitals or modern healthcare and certainly no sanitation. So it was a dangerous and isolating time to be sick. And many who were sick or under the influence of unclean spirits were also excluded from their communities. It was understood that sickness was associated with sin. So these people, not only sick, also became victims of injustice and poverty, oppression and shame. What a beacon of hope Jesus must have been to these people. He represented not only freedom from sickness, but freedom from all of the baggage that went with it. He came offering more than physical healing. He offered restoration. A restoration to family and work and community. Freedom from judgment, oppression and victimhood. A restoration to wholeness and fullness of life. Jesus was without judgment. He met people where they were at. And that didn't matter if that was in their location, the state of their body or the state of their mind. And despite the lateness of the day, he sacrifices his own comfort. He doesn't stop to eat or relax or sleep. He goes and heals the many who came to him that night. And when it was all over, he prioritized his relationship with God. He rose early while it was still dark to pray and spend time with God. And we see this pattern repeated throughout Jesus' ministry. Jesus heals and ministers to many and then withdraws to pray and spend time with God. We see a balance of time with others and time alone with God. And it wasn't always easy to manage. We hear that he had to go into the desert, a deserted place to be alone. And even then the disciples come and hunt him down. But he did it. And he made it a priority. And I wonder if it was from this time alone with God that Jesus knew what to do next. And that was to go to the neighboring towns and proclaim the same message there. And I imagine that it was these quiet moments that strengthened him to do all that he had come to do. The time spent in prayer guides Jesus' response to the disciples' cry, Everyone is looking for you. And rather than responding to that, he proclaims the need to move on. Jesus was obedient to the call of God, whether to move or stay, minister and to pray. So what might all of this mean for us today? I think there's two things. The first is prayer. If we're to model our lives on Jesus, prayer must be a priority in our lives. Prayer and time alone with God needs to be something that we make time for. And why is that? Because prayer feeds us. It renews us, restores us and revives us. It equips us for everything that lies ahead in our own lives. The second thing is healing. If we think back to a time when we were sick, we know that being sick or ill impacts more than just our bodies. Our whole outlook on life can suffer when we're unwell. It impacts our ability to be part of our families and our communities. We can be impacted financially. 
And often the people we love are impacted as well. And when we are healed and come back into wellness, these things are restored at the same time. Often as well, there are wounds on the inside of us that no one can see. And we know that these wounds can have the same impacts on us. They can impact our outlook on life and our ability to be part of our families and our communities. And they often impact our lives in ways not always seen by others. Jesus healed both kinds of sicknesses, the ones others can see and the ones others can't. Jesus had a mission from God to proclaim the good news that the kingdom of God was indeed here. And he demonstrated it by healing the sick, diseased, and those under the influence of unclean spirits. And we find that Jesus never separated his words from his actions. He was a man of word and deed. He taught and then he healed. And when he healed, he healed the whole person, not just in their bodies, but in their mind, soul, and emotions. Jesus has more he wants to offer us today. And sometimes it's easy to overlook that because we have a human tendency to focus on what we can touch and see. But Jesus' words proclaim to us opportunities for change, invitations and calls to repentance. These calls and opportunities which will offer and bring to us healing in our whole person. Because this is what Jesus came to do in the Incarnation and on the cross. Jesus invites us today to receive the same fullness of his gospel. To hear the good news of Jesus and to receive his healing for our bodies, minds, souls and emotions. It's possible to receive this fullness of the gospel through prayer, which is simply conversations with Jesus because forgiveness and freedom are found in his name. Jesus is reaching out and offering you today the opportunity for change, the invitation to repentance, and the offer for more, the fullness of the gospel. And our journey to healing starts with our yes to Jesus. I invite you just to take some time to reflect upon what Jesus might be offering you today. What more does he have? More health, wholeness, healing? And where might you need to say yes to Jesus? I invite you to take that moment now to stop, pray, listen, to be expectant and to believe. Jesus came teaching and healing. Your healing starts with a yes to him. The Lord be with you.